We are all unique, and how each of us moves through life by working with the unseen, spiritual parts of us looks different. If one way you access support is through books, and you haven't tried the Soulquake Survival Guide yet, today's a great day to try it before you buy it. Head to the show notes where I have a link for you to receive a free PDF of the first chapter. Enjoy the first chapter, and if you love it, you can find it on Amazon Worldwide in paperback, audio, and ebook. Your journey matters, my friend, and reviving your connection to spirit in earth-shaking times can be a game changer. However, we can all notice that when we're sitting and relaxing into the present moment, there is a tendency for our brains to drift elsewhere. Oh, what's the list of things I need to do today? Oh, what happened yesterday? I hope they're not angry with me. And is a very strong tendency to be hyper-focused on the past and the future. Happiness, on the other hand, lives in the present moment. If we contemplate all of the most happy times in our lives, we were not thinking about yesterday or tomorrow. We were right there, right then. Whether you are a seasoned spiritual seeker or just starting out on your spiritual path, this podcast has something for everyone. The mission is to inspire enthusiasm for the spiritual part of your journey through unique perspectives around mind, body, and spirit. Join me and other enthusiastic souls as we share weekly episodes of how amazing life is when you embrace the spiritual parts of your journey. This and all episodes can be found on my website, tntspiritworks.com. And if you would like to watch the episodes, please check out TNT Spiritworks YouTube channel. So grab your favorite drink, sit back and relax because another enthusiastic episode starts now. Welcome back to Enthusiastically Spiritual. I'm your host, Teresa. Mindfulness, meditation, and gratitude are three of the hot subjects on the list in the world of spirituality and self-care. But how to embrace those words in your life and some of the outer realms seem to be all about fear, anxiety, and stress. My guest in this episode is here to share what he has put together around them and how you can embrace more gratitude in your life. His name is Dr. Greg Hammer, and he is a professor at Stanford University School of Medicine, pediatric intensive care physician, pediatric anesthesiologist, and the author of Gain Without Pain, the Happiness Handbook for Healthcare Professionals. A member of the Stanford WellMD Initiative, Dr. Hammer is currently the chair of the Physician Wellness Task Force for the California Society of Anesthesiologists. He has been a visiting professor and lecturer on wellness at institutions worldwide and teaches GAIN to medical students, residents, and fellows at Stanford. Dr. Hammer is a health enthusiast and meditator, utilizing a non-duality and mindfulness-based approach, including the GAIN method. Welcome, Dr. Greg Hammer. Great to be with you, Teresa. Okay, so the first question, what makes you enthusiastic about getting out of bed in the morning? So many things. Um, <laughs> well, let's let's dive into that. <laughs> opening the blinds and seeing the beautiful light, which is generally present here in Northern California. We talked about being from the Midwest, which I am as well as as where you're living, although uh, a little further away from Iowa. Uh, I'm from 
the Chicago area, the sky was never as blue as it is here. So opening the blinds and seeing the sky is one thing. And, uh, you know, just uh, being alive, actually, you know, it's another day of life on the planet. And so that's enough to get me out of bed. I feel you. Yeah, it's like, and that's, that's a big gratitude right there, right? Yes, absolutely. So how did you arrive at this place of supporting others with mindfulness and finding gratitude in your life? Uh, I think that what got me to where I am now is initially my long history of health enthusiasm, as you put it. Um, you know, I've been longtime physical fitness enthusiast, a longtime meditator. I had an undergraduate degree in nutritional science. I've always been very interested in human biology and nutrition. And within the last 10 years or so, uh, what has happened in the healthcare profession is that due to chronic stress and, and a litany of changes in the industry, if you will, the stress level and rate or prevalence of burnout has really increased among physicians and other healthcare workers. So Stanford convened a wellness program, which I joined. And uh, then I was asked to give a talk at a meeting, a national meeting, based on uh, my experience with our wellness program on burnout and, and how to prevent it and treat it. And I found that I was doing one talk after another, and then I had some sabbatical time. And I thought, well, what's the best use of time for the next six months? And I decided that uh, in addition to speaking about wellness, I would write a book about it. So I did. And really, the book embraces what I think are the core principles of happiness and in the process, reduction of stress. And, you know, we can talk about what my theses are in terms of what I think comprises happiness, what leads us to happiness, why we're not happier. But as I've gone along this path of life, I have uh, had several light bulbs go off along the way. And, um, you know, most recently, about 10 or 12 years ago, when I uh, sort of stumbled onto uh, a way of thinking called non-duality, uh, went to a spiritual retreat and um, have been following that teacher ever since. And I, I think that just the truth uh, that is common to all philosophies and religions has become more clear to me. And so I'm I'm enthusiastic about radiating that uh, and those principles that really contribute to, to peace and happiness. I love to hear that, especially around the healthcare facility and the people that are out there doing healthcare, because I, I know it's declined, especially in the last couple of years. And we need more and more people, you know, coming forward and being able to really be mindful and really have a self-care as they move through and helping others. Because as we know, and you know, my being mindful is that it all begins with me and it begins with you as a person and soul. And then from there, you can radiate, you can radiate out that enthusiasm, that wellness, that mindfulness, and then helping others outside of that. Absolutely true. Yes. It starts with the individual. And uh, I'm currently writing a book about teenagers. And I think one of the main points is that for parents to raise happy teenagers, the parents themselves must find peace and happiness. And I think that's really the, the place of origin for influencing young people today. Without a doubt, it starts at home, right? Absolutely. 
So let's talk a little about your book and GAIN. So what is that? GAIN is an acronym for what I think are the four real pillars of being present and therefore happy. And the uh, letters G-A-I-N represent gratitude, which I think we can all agree is fundamental to happiness. We can be poor and happy. We can be physically challenged and happy, but you'll never see somebody who's ungrateful and happy. The A in gain is acceptance. And this is an acknowledgement that there is pain in life, inevitably, as there is joy. And how do we deal with this pain? So as the serenity prayer would have it, we first must discern between that we can change and that we cannot change that's causing us discomfort or pain. And for that, we which we cannot change, we must accept if we want to be happy. So there's a formula in the book, which is suffering equals pain times resistance. And, you know, in medicine, we love formulas. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the pain is there. It's inevitable. It's our resistance to it that causes and amplifies our suffering. So acceptance is an extremely important principle. The I in gain stands for intention. And we can get into this in more detail, but I think that our brains have developed over tens of thousands of years in ways uh, that have led to circuits, brain circuits, synapses, neural pathways that, that facilitate our thinking in ways that veils our happiness. And so if we are to be happy, we need to change the way we think. And fortunately, our brains have this wonderful quality called neuroplasticity. So the good news is that we can actually change the way we think, but we have to be purposeful or intentional about it. And that's the I in gain for intention. The N is for non-judgment. And again, I think this is one of the four parts of a foundation of, of being present and happy. And that is that we tend to see the world and our experience through tinted lenses. And so we're not often seeing the world and, and its people exactly as the elements of the world and people we experience are. We see them as something a little bit different, colored by our judgment. And so non-judgment really is uh, an acknowledgement that Things do not have to be rendered good or bad. They simply are the way they are. And uh, one of the ways our brains have developed, I think, that interferes or fails our happiness, interferes with our happiness, is that we have a negativity bias. We tend to hang on to the negative and forget about the positive. And so when this uh, negativity bias is applied to our own self-judgment, we are our own harshest self-critics. And, you know, this has been shown in, in many studies to be the case that we're much harder on ourselves than we are to others. And so by practicing non-judgment and gradually rewiring our brain to be less judgmental in general, we can begin to drop the self-judgment, which is really key. So I think these four elements of gain, gratitude, acceptance, intention, and non-judgment are, are universal principles. I think they uh, embrace, as far as I have experienced, all of the important principles of right living, right thinking, and happiness. 
Yeah. And it seems to me like, cause I'm all about making spirituality practical. And so it seems like that's about making life practical. Yes, exactly. That's certainly one way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, those key components, I mean, of course there's a million other components too, but being those the key foundational components of like, yeah, if you're, if you're accepting, if you have non-judgment, if you're, you know, intentional and, and, you know, you're doing, creating or having gratitude in your life. I mean, that's just like, that's like the main plate to me. I mean, it seems pretty apparent. Yes, I I completely agree with you. And, And if we look to a variety of spiritual and religious traditions, I think we find that these principles are really at their core in their pure form. Of course, um religions in particular may have been interpreted differently in ways that are not necessarily consistent with these principles but i think the the pure nature of spiritual and religious traditions fully embraces and embodies these four elements of gain so this book was written for healthcare professionals correct yes it was but the principles are are really universal and so mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm continuing to talk several times a week with people like you, uh, two years after the book was published. And, and so, uh, I would say that almost all of the, the interviews, television, radio podcasts that I'm doing are peripheral to the healthcare sector, if you will, because they're just human principles that, that all of us can benefit from applying to our lives on a daily basis. Yeah, it sounds like to me, it sounds like, I mean, because that's really very specific for a specific group of people, but this book is for every single person out there. I I think so. Yes, I agree. (laughs) Maybe you might want to change the title a little bit. I know you can't now, but um, so in doing this book for healthcare professionals, have you noticed people that have gone through, that are going through school or that are out in the, you know, out in the practice, has this helped shift people or brought a new, you know, um, awareness to people that maybe they didn't have before? Well, I certainly hope so. You know, it's hard for me to really have my finger on the pulse, as it were, for other people. But I've had a lot of very positive feedback, um, reviews of the book, people discussing how they benefited from it. I can certainly attest to the fact personally continue to grow and benefit from sitting with these four principles. So I, I that is my daily practice, actually, of excuse me, doing a brief contemplative meditation each morning based on gain. And um, so I think this can be a a spark for all of us. You know, Teresa, when we begin our day sitting with these ideas, we are in the process beginning to rewire our brains. So the more we get in touch with our gratitude, our acceptance, intention, non-judgment, the more we start to think in ways consistent with gratitude, acceptance, intention, and non-judgment. So, you know, what happens is that by just doing this three or four minute contemplative meditation in the morning, when we find that we're being ungrateful or we're resisting something uncomfortable or we're sort of lapsing into our default way of thinking and not being purposeful about the way we think, When we're being judgmental, a light bulb will go off. And, you know, I'll give you an example. So, excuse me. This is a story that I tell in the book. I I do my gain meditation in the morning. Start with the breath. 
really focusing on the magic of the breath, the the in-breath, the pause, the slow exhalation, slowing the breath down. Really, it decreases the amount of adrenaline and cortisol in our body. It lowers our heart rate, our blood pressure. And then we begin a simple contemplative meditation, considering that for which we're grateful. And so this is easy for me because, for example, I, I was diagnosed with a form of chronic leukemia about 10 years ago, and I was treated with an immunotherapy drug, and I, I may be cured. There's no sign of it in my body anymore, and I feel great. So it's easy for me to be grateful for every breath. And, uh, you know, originally 10 years ago, I wasn't sure I would be alive now. But we all have much for which to be grateful, uh, loved ones in our lives, Um living in a relatively safe place, um, you know, we can go down the list that we, I think most of us share. Then transitioning to acceptance. And like everyone else, I've had very painful events in my life. I lost my son at the age of 30 about five years ago. So it's pretty easy for me to come up with something painful to think about. But we all have conflict. We all have a disagreement with a friend or family member, something that hurt us that we can easily access as we sit in touch with our breath and progress through these four elements. Uh, intention. So I start by allowing my attention to relax into the present moment. So all of my senses, perceptions uh, really are based on what I'm hearing, feeling, the tingling on the bottom of my feet, the pressure of the chair against my body, um, my breath, sounds that I may hear, an airplane going by in the distance. And I try to sit there in that present moment for as long as I can. Um, and then I shift to my intention to be positive and present more and more. And then I transition to non-judgment. And what I practice many times, many mornings, and what I teach is to imagine a, an image of the earth, one of these beautiful NASA images where the earth is apparently suspended in space and consider that the earth is neither good nor bad. The earth does not have qualities of good or bad. It simply is what it is. And so it's only logical for ourselves to think of our being as neither good nor bad. I am neither good nor bad. I am simply the person that I am. I am. I am. And focusing on the breath and then slowly opening my eyes and I'm off. So I'm riding my bike to work. I'm very fortunate to have a home on Stanford campus. I generally ride my bicycle to work. I'm passing through a narrow lane. The sun is coming up. It's just above the horizon that magical sunlight filtering through the canopy of treetops above, kind of a brisk feeling in the air. And I'm very centered and very present. And then as I'm riding along the path, I see there's a person ahead of me who's walking in the same direction that I'm riding. And as I get closer, I see, well, they're kind of in the middle of the path. So it's going to be hard for me to get around them. And I start to make a judgment about why not walk on the side and be more considerate? And then I see that as I get closer, they have buds in their ears and they're looking at their screen. And I'm thinking, what a beautiful place. What is so important about what's on your screen right now? And so I begin to make judgments about that. 
And then that little light bulb goes off. And I'm reminded that I just sat with this non-judgment and embraced the principle of non-judgment. And here I am beginning to judge this person. And so what happens is that I laugh to myself. And as I ride by the person, I look at him or her and I smile and they smile and I'm off and I get a little dopamine hit. And lo and behold, this potentially rather negative interaction morphs into a smile and a little hit of dopamine or oxytocin or serotonin or all of the above. And that's just an example of how when we sit with these principles, light bulbs go off when we find that we're not living consistently with those concepts. And this is an example of how we actually, you know, I was rewiring my brain a little bit right there, both in the morning game session and on my bicycle and and clearly for the better. It's funny because um I think it's having these tools and techniques that can whenever we, because we're human, right? I mean, we can't get around the fact that we are human. We're in these bodies. We're, like you said, we're experiencing and coming upon all kinds of beings through our day that are in different places energetically. And might throw us off or might, you know, might come into some kind of conflict with us. But having these tools or techniques to be able to, I call course correct, back to being, like you said, non-judging. Okay, so, you know, having gratitude. How how can I correct what I'm feeling aside instead of, you know, going, God damn it, move out out of the way. Or, you know, like really getting angry about it because it doesn't take much, especially with the energy that and. I mean, I'm sure you're probably as sensitive as I am being that you're in a physical body, you're an energy being. So it doesn't take much sometimes to feel the energy. And I have to really be discerning what I'm feeling in order to come back into balance with, you know, who I really am. And I'm not going to judge that, or I'm not going to, you know, be angry about that situation. It's really about staying present, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But having those tools and techniques is, is, is crucial, really. Yes, because, you know, uh, as we've discussed, our brains are wired in ways that distract us from the present. And and I think there are two ways in which our brains have been wired. And I can posit why this might be the case from evolutionary standpoint. But one is, as I've said, we have this negativity bias. So I tell stories about that in the book, in the chapter on that topic. Um, uh, And the other is that we're very distracted by the past and the future in ways that are maladaptive. And so it's adaptive, obviously, to sit with the past to the extent that we savor wonderful memories with our family and loved ones. It's also important to acknowledge our mistakes so that we don't continue to repeat them. But we tend to overthink the past. And so we focus on our mistakes. And this combined with our negativity bias leads us to feel shame, embarrassment, regret. And likewise with the future, it's adaptive to plan for the future, to put bread on the table, to plan for wonderful times with our family and loved ones, but we overthink the future. And again, our negativity bias creeps in and this generates fear and anxiety. We catastrophize. We think of what's the worst thing that can happen. And it rarely does. Now, in my professional life as an intensive care physician and and anesthesiologist, thinking of the worst thing that can happen is adaptive. But in general, in our everyday lives as human beings, 
focusing on the worst thing that can happen leads us down a path of, of unhappiness and unrest. So these two elements of, of the way that our brains have become wired, this negativity bias and this difficulty being present. And a, an example of the latter is when you sit and you're doing your game meditation <clears throat> and you're on the eye, you've gone through your gratitude, your acceptance, and you, you are purposefully going to sit with the present moment, maybe for five seconds, 10 seconds, as you, as you become more comfortable with this practice, maybe 30 seconds or a minute. However, we can all notice that when we're sitting and relaxing into the present moment, there is a tendency for our brains to drift elsewhere. Oh, what's the list of things I need to do today? Oh, what happened yesterday? I hope they're not angry with me. And is a very strong tendency to be hyper-focused on the past and the future. Happiness, on the other hand, lives in the present moment. If we contemplate all of the most happy times in our lives, we were not thinking about yesterday or tomorrow. We were right there, right then. Again, as we walk through the redwood forest and marvel at the majesty of these tall trees, again, the sunlight reaching it, our eyes through the canopy of leaves above, we are just right there at that moment. And that's where happiness lives. So if we're going to be present whenever possible and therefore happy, we need to have a plan. We need to sit with our negativity bias and begin to change it into a positivity bias. We need to sit with our distraction of the past and future and relax into the present moment. And the good news is because of this hyper uh, neuroplasticity, excuse me, we have the capability of rewiring our brains to do just that. So basically it has to be up to the individual person to actually want to change their brain, want to access happiness. Now, I mean, that's for me, that's like, hello, that's what I want to do. But I mean, there are people out there that well, they're kind of confused in their in their you know space, and they don't want to access happiness, or at least in the don't appear to want to access happiness. Yeah, they may not be behaving in ways that make it appear that they're aiming to find peace and happiness. But I think right. that the one thing that all seven billion of us want is happiness mm-hmm. and um, peace, happiness. Call it what you like. Uh, a wise person said that happiness is peace in motion. Peace is happiness at rest. And I love that. But I think that really describes what we all actually want. Mm -hmm. I don't think any of us want to be unhappy. It's just trying to get by all the, the stuff out in the world that's trying to not have us be happy. Right? Correct. The media, the, the neighbors that are upset, the people that don't like who they're with or you know, the, like you said, the person in the middle of the street that may not want to move, or, I mean, there's countless people and situations in our life that can try to not have us access that happiness, but having a tool like gain in this beautiful book you wrote can be a real asset to, to step back and go, okay, let me go back to those acronyms. And let me go back to how I, that, you know, the meditator, the method that I work with every single day that helps me tap back into who I really am as a soul and that calmness. Absolutely. You know, one of my heroes, Teresa, is Dr. John Kabat-Zinn, who's really the founder of 
mindfulness uh, as we know it today. And he defined mindfulness as awareness of the present moment on purpose, non-judgmentally. And so there you have acknowledgement that happiness is in the present moment. It's in the present experience. It's really the only experience that we ever have is this one right now, now, now. All of the other so-called experiences are thoughts which come and go, but our present experience is where we find happiness. So being aware of our present experience on purpose. So again, acknowledgement that we have to have a plan because if we relax into our default mode of thinking, we're not going to be aware of the present moment. We have to be intentional or purposeful about it. Non-judgmentally, he said. And again, if we want to be fully present, then we benefit from seeing the world exactly as it is. And when we cast judgments on other individuals, on, on elements of the world, we're not really seeing the world and others as they are. So again, you know, the good news is that, that we can do this, but we need to have a plan. And I'm hoping that the, the gain method is one way that uh, people can embrace a plan to be present and, and happier. Well, what I like about the gain method too, is that it's very practical and it's not, it's not complex. No, I think it's, uh, you know, the truth is the ultimate simplistic experience. You know, it's, it's elegant in its directness and simplicity. And that's why I think it's reflected in all of the religious and spiritual traditions, these, these elements um, expressed in one way or another. Uh, but I, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, this, I just am endlessly fascinated by noticing the way I think and the way others think. And um, what I have noticed is sitting with this practice every morning, uh, others and I can look back after weeks and months and really notice how much our thinking has changed. Definitely. So it's, it's, it's a remarkable and yet simple process. And, you know, Teresa, that uh, it's true that many people believe that meditation, for example, means you have to sit still for 30 minutes, possibly in an uncomfortable position, not scratching an itch, not repositioning yourself, and that you have to banish all thoughts from your mind. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that is what meditation is all about. Obviously, there are many, many forms of meditation, but I think it doesn't have to be that you sit for 30 minutes and you're not failing if you have thoughts streaming through your head while you're doing it. Mm -hmm. The gain method is a little bit different because it's meant to be very brief. So you don't have to sit in any particular position and you only have to do it for three or four minutes. And I'm giving you, or you're giving yourself thoughts to rest on as you progress through the, through the meditation. So it's sort of contrary to try to banish, to try to banish all thoughts from one's head. Let's actually focus our thoughts first on our breath then on that for which we're grateful, the pain we experience that we can embrace, having a purposeful or intentional plan and dropping judgments, and then returning to the breath. It's a very simple process. And, and it, you know, I, I think it's uh, something that we can all practice. I think we can too, Dr. Greg. So I think that it's a, an awesome book. 
Gain Without Pain, the Happiness Handbook for Healthcare Professionals and every single listener and watcher on my YouTube channel right now. Y'all need it. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I think we can all benefit from it. Yes. I think so. It's been so wonderful having you on today. I appreciate you coming on, Dr. Greg. And um, I will have all the show notes or the um, links in the show notes for your book, how to get a hold of you, how to see, you know, where you're at, what you're doing. And, um, and yeah, all my listeners get out there and, and get, get this book and let's do it. Let's gain some happiness with this book. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Teresa. It's really a pleasure sitting with you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening in to another episode of Enthusiastically Spiritual. And a thank, big thanks to Dr. Greg Hammer for coming on today and sharing his amazing gain method with all of you guys and his beautiful book. And I hope that you go out and check it out because it seems to me to be an amazing way to really bring everything back to the present moment and access more happiness in your life. So if you've not subscribed to this podcast, please make sure you do so that way you don't miss any upcoming episodes that are released every Tuesday. And until next week, please remember that life is too short to not be enthusiastic about your unique journey. Believe it or not, when you arrived back for another life, you were enthusiastic to be here. If you've lost that enthusiastic feeling, well, there's a way to reawaken it. It's by embracing a bigger spiritual picture of your life as a soul and igniting the feeling of spiritual freedom within. So if you are ready and needing some more enthusiastic mojo for your life, follow the link in the show notes where you can access a free video series created by the Wayshowers College and start recapturing the enthusiasm you have within for your unique journey.